All right, so Psalm 23, beginning at verse number 1. All right, while you're uh, getting there, uh, let me just say that uh, today we are uh, finishing up our, our summer sermon series. And uh, throughout this summer, we have been looking at uh, Psalm 23, and uh, you know, today we're going to end it. So um, let's go ahead and stand for the reading of God's Word. We're going to begin at verse number 1. Uh, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for His namesake. And yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. You may be seated. Before we uh, look at our passage for today, let, let's go to God in prayer. If you'll bow your heads with me. Father, it is, it is just so good to be here today. Uh, Father, such a great opportunity to, to study your word. And Father, it's been a great summer uh, studying through uh, Psalm 23. And uh, Father, I, I know you've touched my heart through this series. And um, Father, I, I pray that everyone's heart has been touched by this series. And, and Father, um, as, we, as we look at this final phrase... Uh, Father, I, I pray that you, would, that, you would, that you would speak in a powerful way today. And I pray that your spirit would move in a powerful way among us. In your son's name we pray. Amen. Alright, so today we're going to look at uh, the, the end of verse number 6. So we're going to put that verse up on the wall. I think I've got it up there. Maybe not. I don't. Alright, so look at verse 6 in your Bibles. Alright, look at what it says. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And look at this last phrase. This is the one we're going to zero in on this morning. I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. All right, think of that phrase like this. Um, there was a taxi driver and a preacher uh, that died on the same day. They arrived at heaven together. Uh, Peter met them at the pearly gates, and um, he said to the taxi driver, well, look, we're going to take you to your home in heaven first. So the taxi driver and the preacher, they followed behind Peter, and Peter brought the taxi driver to this magnificent mansion in heaven. I mean, it had everything. Olympic-sized swimming pool, bowling alley, you know, one of those 100-inch flat screen. I mean, it just had everything. And the taxi driver was just blown away. I mean, he couldn't believe it. The preacher, on the other hand, is thinking, 
And if the taxi driver got this, and it's no telling what I'm about to get. And so, you know, the preacher's all excited, and so it's his turn next. Peter takes him to his home in heaven. And they get there. And it is a one-bedroom shack for the preacher. All right? And, I mean, he doesn't even have a flat-screen TV. All right? He has one of those old TVs that you would break your back carrying. All right? And the preacher's like, Peter, there's got to be some kind of mix-up. The taxi driver gets a huge, beautiful mansion and I get a one-room shack, what's the deal? There's got to be some kind of mix-up. And Peter said, well, there's no mix-up. Every time you preached, you put people to sleep with your sermon. And Peter said, well, and every time somebody got in the cab with the taxi driver, and the taxi driver you know, started driving, people started praying. Um, our passage today is, is all about heaven. All right, this final phrase in, in verse 6 is about heaven. All right, in, in, in verse 6, notice in verse number 6 that phrase, um, house of the Lord. All right, that phrase equals heaven. All right, uh, one of the comparisons in the book of Revelation of heaven is to the temple in Jerusalem. All right, and so the house of the Lord equals heaven. All right, so our phrase today, our sermon today, is all about heaven. And today, I want us to look at three questions related to heaven. What will heaven be like? How do I get to heaven? And what is my eternal destiny? All right, so let's look at question number one, all right? What is heaven like? All right, what is heaven like? Make sure you've got that. That's point number one in your notes. That's the first question. What is heaven like? You know, kids ask a bunch of questions. I mean, it is, sometimes it is nonstop with kids and their questions. Why is the sky blue? Why, how much salt is in the ocean? Why do I need to eat my vegetables? Why do I have to do chores? Why do I have to do homework? Why do I have to go to school? Why do people get sick? Why are LSU games so close in the fourth quarter? Um, why do I have to clean up my toys? Why do I have to go to bed? Why can't I stay up as late as you? Kids are asking, you know, ask all kinds of questions. And sometimes you get some pretty strange questions. Uh, a mom was pregnant with her second kid. And so one night uh, she's with her daughter who's two or three years old. And, and the daughter says, Mom, why is your tummy so big? And the mom said, I'm expecting a baby. And the, the, you know, the little girl said, well, mom, where's the baby? And the mom said to her little girl, well, the baby's inside my tummy. And all of a sudden, this little girl got a horrified look on her face. And she asked, mom, 
why did you eat the baby? All right, kids ask all kinds of questions. Sometimes you get unusual questions, all right? Here's my point. We ask all kinds of questions about heaven. All right, one of the most common spiritual questions, what is heaven like? And we have all kinds of questions about heaven. Will I recognize my friends or my loved ones once I get to heaven? Will I know everything when I get to heaven? Will we all be equal in heaven? What kind of bodies will we have in heaven? What age will we be in heaven? Will there be animals in heaven? Will we have fried chicken or Krispy Kreme donuts in heaven? I'm not sure who put that one in there. Um, what language will I speak in heaven? Will I get bored in heaven? Can I have the Saints Super Bowl banner to keep in my mansion in heaven? We ask all kinds of questions about heaven. And can I be honest with you? Most of our questions about heaven are self-focused. Most of our questions about heaven are self-focused. What will I look like in heaven? What age will I be in heaven? Will I recognize my loved ones, my close friends? Most of our questions related to heaven are self-focused. And can I just say today that heaven is not focused on us. Heaven is focused on God. Heaven is focused on Jesus Christ. All right? Heaven is not human focused. All right, heaven is God-focused. In Revelation 21, we see that, that God will, will dwell in heaven. Uh, in Revelation chapter 4, it's the throne room of heaven, and, and God is worshipped day and night in heaven. You know, throughout the Bible, it, it talks about the rewards, the crowns that we will receive for our work, for our life here on earth. And once we get to Revelation, we see that, hey, when we receive those crowns, we're just going to throw them at the feet of Jesus because He is the only one that's worthy. We are not. You see, heaven is not focused on us. All right, heaven is focused on God. All right, and so when we ask that question, what is heaven like? All right, we need to understand that heaven is God focused, not human focused. All right, what, what is heaven like? It is more glorious and splendid than we can ever imagine. Look at, look at a couple of verses in your notes here. Um, we'll put them on the wall. Revelation 21, 21. Look at this. The 12 gates of heaven were 12 pearls. Each individual gate was one, of, one pearl. And the streets of the city were what? Pure gold like transparent glass. 
Revelation 21, 23. Look at this next verse. It's in your sermon notes. We've got it up on the wall. The city had no need of the sun or of the moon to shine in it, for the glory of God illuminated it. The Lamb is its light. You see, here's the thing. No human explanation can do heaven justice. For centuries, preachers like myself have tried to explain these verses in Revelation 21. And no preacher has ever done it justice. Um, one of the great preachers of, um, of the 1900s, a uh, great Southern Baptist preacher, was a, was a fellow by the name of R.G. Lee. And uh, if, I'm not must, if I understand the story right, R.G. Lee preached a revival uh, in this church a uh, long time ago. And uh, anyway, R.G. Lee, um, on his deathbed, he slipped into a coma. And, when he, and, and, and while he was in the coma, he had a vision of heaven. And when he, when he came out of the coma, he said this, I preached on heaven many times, but I never did it justice. Here's R.G. Lee, one of, the, one of the greatest orators, one of the most eloquent preachers who's ever lived. And he says, hey, I've preached on heaven many times, and I never did it justice. You see, heaven is more beautiful and splendid than, than we could ever imagine. Right? No human explanation can do it justice. You know, a lot of the songs that we sang today uh, in our worship time were about heaven. No song can do heaven justice. Right? It, is, it is more beautiful and it is more splendid than we could ever imagine. Right? So what is heaven like? That's the first question. Well, it's God-focused, not human-focused, and it is more splendid and it is more beautiful than we can imagine. Let's look at question number two in your notes. All right, How do I get to heaven? All right, that's the next question. How do I get to heaven? All right. That's where God is. It's this beautiful place, splendid place. How do I get there? Right. 72% of Americans believe in heaven. 72% of Americans believe in heaven. But most people believe, even people in our churches, believe that to get to heaven, you just need to live a good life. Now, there's a lot of people that believe that. Hey, if I live a good enough life here on this earth, I will get to heaven. There's only one problem with that. That's not what the Bible teaches. Look in your sermon notes. I didn't put this verse up on the wall, but look in your sermon notes. Romans 3.10. Look at this verse. It is written, There is none righteous. No, not one. Look at Isaiah 64.6. Look at this verse in your notes. I've got this verse up on the wall. Put up on the wall. 
But we are all as an unclean thing. And all our righteousness are as filthy rags. The Bible says that none of us are good enough. You see, we have a sin problem. We are covered in sin. And the one thing that will keep us out of heaven is our sin. Think of it like this. Um, when I was a kid, I can remember going over to a friend of mine's house. His name was Chris Baines. And uh, several of my classmates were, were there. And uh, Chris had a huge pasture behind his house in a, in a wooded area. And it had been raining. And so the, the pasture and the woods were, were muddy. And, you know, being boys, young boys, after playing uh, football and war, uh, we were covered in mud. And so, um, just before dark, we heard his mother calling from the house. And, you know, we're thinking, hey, it's about dark, it's supper time. And so we take off to Chris Baines' house. And as we're, as we're getting close to, to, to his backyard, his mother comes to the back door. And I can, I can still see her at the back door. And this is what she said. Boys, you're not coming into my house. Y'all are covered in mud. You are not coming into my house. There is a water hose. Go wash yourselves off. You're not getting into my house as long as you're covered in mud. You know, that's, that's a picture of what God says. God says, hey, you're not getting into my house. You're not getting into heaven as long as you're covered in sin. It's not happening. And, and here's the thing about sin. It cannot be washed off with water. Sin can only be washed away by the blood of Jesus Christ. Look at that next verse in your sermon notes. We'll put it up on the wall. 1 John 1, 7. But if we walk in the light, as He is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And then look at this. And the blood of Jesus Christ, His Son, cleanses us from all sin. You see, here's the thing. Jesus has done the heavy lifting for us. Jesus died on the cross in our place. Jesus died on the cross so that our sins could be forgiven. Jesus died so that one day we could go to heaven and be with Him. Jesus has done the heavy lifting. And so in response to what Jesus did on the cross, to be saved, to go to heaven, we need to believe in Jesus. We need to put our faith in Him. Look at Acts 16.31. In your notes, we'll put it up on the wall. So they said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. All right? Jesus did the heavy lifting. He died on the cross and in response to that, to be saved, we need to put our faith in Jesus. All right? We also need to repent of our sins. Right? Look at Acts 2.37. I think this verse is in your notes. If not, it, it, we'll put it up on the wall. Peter has, has preached a sermon about Jesus' death on the cross. 
And this is how the people respond to the sermon. And when they heard this, they were pierced to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Brothers, what should we do? What should we do? And look at what Peter says in Acts 2.38. We'll put that verse up on the wall as well. Peter replied, Repent and be baptized, each of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. So in res- Jesus did the heavy lifting on the cross. In response to that, we need to believe, we need to repent. And I want to show you how this is connected to Psalm 23. Look at verse 6 in Psalm 23. Do you see the word dwell? I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And I will circle that word dwell. Uh, The more I study that word, um, that word is telling us how we dwell in heaven. It's telling us how we dwell in heaven. That word dwell in Hebrew, it means repent. That's what that word means. If you look it up in Hebrew, that's what it means, to repent. And look, repentance is this, uh, this big Bible word that we hear all the time, but it's pretty simple. Repentance is just about getting our sins right with God. By confessing our sins and seeking forgiveness from our sins. All right, repentance is about making a, a 180 degree turn from our sins so that we can live for Jesus. So, how do I get to heaven? Jesus has done the heavy lifting. We've got to believe. We've got to repent. You know, you know, we started off this point by saying, you know, most people believe you can to get to heaven, you just got to live a good life. Well, I hope you've been reminded today that the only way to heaven comes through Jesus Christ. John 14, 6 says this. Jesus said unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. One more point. Look at point number three. One more question. What is my eternal destiny? All right, what is my eternal destiny? All right, in the, in the end of verse 6, that, that's the issue. All right, the end of Psalm 23, it confronts us about our eternal destiny. All right, and I want us to each think about, all right, personalize this question. What is my eternal destiny? And look, there's only one of two answers. All right, there's heaven, which we've been talking about this morning. And to get there, Jesus has done the heavy lifting. We just need, we need to believe, we need to repent. What is my eternal destiny? For you, is the answer heaven? You know, the other possible answer, there's only one other. It's heaven or hell. You know, our, our culture... Um, you know, our culture tries to erase hell. You know, our, our culture says, well, there's, no such, there's heaven, but there's no such thing as hell. Let me tell you, the Bible teaches that hell is very real. And it is reserved for those who do not put their faith in Jesus Christ. So, 
the end of this psalm, it, it forces us to think about what is my eternal destiny. It's heaven or hell. I'm going to ask you to bow your head, close your eyes. In just a few moments, we're going to have a time of invitation. We're going to have a, a time of response. But before we do, I want to ask you, how is God speaking to your heart this morning? How's God dealing with your heart? You know, as we talk today about heaven, how do we get there? What is my eternal destiny? That's how Psalm 23 ends. Maybe, maybe today you're sitting there and uh, God's tugging at your heart because you've never been saved. You've never put your faith in Jesus. You've never repented of your sins. God's dealing with you right now. God's tugging at your heart right now. Today's the day to get saved. Today's the day to get your sins right with God. And if that's you today, I want to encourage you when we start singing to come down and talk to me about putting your faith in Jesus. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for this Tom this summer looking at, at Psalm 23. And as we as we come to the to the end of, of Psalm 23, Father, we see big issues, major implications for our lives, because the end of this psalm forces us to think about our eternal destiny. Father, it's heaven or hell. It's that simple. And uh, Father, I, I pray today for those that you're speaking to, tugging at their heart, I, I pray they won't walk out of here without getting right with you. Father, I pray that for some, today is the day of salvation. Father, we, as we come to this invitation, our desire is for you to move how you want to move. In your son's name we pray, amen.